Um, welcome to another episode. I, I always forget what I should say, episode or edition, but you know, I spent 16 years in radio and we call it an episode, we call it an edition, whatever. Welcome to another edition of the Parent Pivot Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Steve Cummings. And I'm Julia Cummings. Hey, um, I'm excited about this podcast. Um, we have some, some guests that we have not seen. Well, we're seeing them right now because we're, we're, we're recording <laughs> with them, but we have not seen them for like almost close to 40 years. Yeah, it's been a long, 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 long time. I, I mean, we were all four of us were single. We were living in Orange County. We were attending the same church. Yeah. And 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 we just kind of went from there. So I want to welcome to the Parent Pivot Podcast, John and Shree Talbert. Welcome, you guys. Good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to go back to the only reason why I know Sheree is because of one of my best friends, Gina Booker. And Gina and Cherie were neighbors, and so I got to know Cherie way back when, during that period of time. And um, I remember your wedding. I was actually there. Us too. And um, you guys, yeah, you were too. Um, yeah, and you guys have quite like a story with that. And I would love just for people to get to know you and start with that story and. It's yeah. a story. Yeah, I can. Here's, yeah. I can probably uh, add to that, and then Tree will fill in some of the pieces that I might miss. Um, so it was uh, 1984. <laughs> I think we met, um, and it was yeah. Calvary Church Santa Ana had that rockin' college group that we would have uh, yes. Sunday night college fellowship at somebody's house, and um, I remember my brother and I, my brother Brian and I, would lead worship and and do that sort of thing. And so we'd always get there after Sunday night church. That's back in the day when you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. You know what I mean? We don't do that anymore. That's, that's back in the, the, those days. And we would yeah. go to somebody's house, and um, I was, I think, two years out of high school, and um, Sheree had come in to the um, group, and she's brand new. You know you know when there's some new uh, new. Yes. She graduated 84. Yeah, some new girl that comes in the group, you know, the guys take notice, right? And she, so she comes in, yep. and, um, she comes in with Gina, and Gina had invited, you were going to a party that I night. was on my way to a party in Newport Beach, and uh, she came over to borrow something and just said, hey, I'm on my way, or, yeah, she asked me where I was going, I told her, she goes, hey, you want to go to church? And it was a totally God thing, because I, I said yes, and I yeah, how would don't you know a, why. How, how would you pick a party over church she probably said something else i don't know but she says hey you know i'm going to this thing and i don't know why i said yes but i did and yeah that's where i met john yeah well she and meeting me you always like to tell that part of the story oh yeah well i walked in it was somebody's house you know how mission it was after a missions trip that summer because i think that was in like yeah september and so uh, the group had come back from a missions trip and they were reporting on it that night and um it was mm. in somebody's backyard in Tustin and I remember standing in by the back door with Gina and people were arriving and here comes John he's carrying his guitar and he in typical John fashion just sticks it hi I'm John Talbot nice to meet you and he was on his way <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Gina turns to me and she goes stay away from that one he's a heartbreaker <laughs> As true story, wow. I, noted I didn't know I, that. That was not what I needed in my life at that time, for sure. Yeah. 
But and sure enough. Sure enough. But so we we I started attending then. I loved it and I kept coming back and it was kind of a the previous year I had gone uh, been invited to Calvary Chapel and had done an altar call and but it you know the spiritual emotional altar call and mm. then didn't have anywhere to follow up and so had fallen away but I feel like that was my first conversion and then got reconnected and to um uh Calvary Santa Ana, Calvary Santa Ana yeah. and then with Gina of course in that friends yeah. group that just really came alongside me and so I just kept coming back and to the point where I was in brought a friend and at that time um John and I hadn't started dating but it was funny his brother had showed interest in me and John was interested in my friend yeah and so after church one night um mm -hmm. you know the college group they invited us over to their home and um the parents home yeah. yeah and so we're sitting there and John sits down at the piano well I had grown up I took piano lessons and then I sang in choir and he we had this immediate connection over music and um it just went from there mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I would say this too. I, there was times where you know when Sri's got a great singing voice and a great, she's just got a great voice, you know. And I think when you fall in love with somebody, uh, sometimes you fall in love with, you know, the voice or you know some of those aspects. And I remember um, back when we had answer machines and phones with long cords on them. This is when yeah. cell phones, right? Yeah. And um, so I would call her and and I'd listen to her voice. I'm like, oh man, she got a great voice. So I just call again and listen again and call again. She would come home. I came home from vacation one time to 23 hang up messages. That was me. That was me. They call it stalking today. I think people get arrested for that now. But uh, that was me. Because I'm yeah. just like, oh, listen to this voice. It's just so great. So, so at some point, you guys start getting interested in dating each other, right? After that, by November, I think I, had, I was in a wedding and I invited him to the wedding and um that was our first official date at the end of november mm -hmm. um and then things went very mm -hmm. quickly um to the point where by january the end of january i found out that i was pregnant mm -hmm. and um yeah and so we had a that was quite a shock to the system shock to the system because yeah, we were sheree's 18 yeah. <laughs> i i look at my kids now that when they turned 18 and i think now i need to go back and re-apologize to my parents because <laughs> <laughs> Sheree was 18 and I was 20 or 21 20 yeah, at the time and, and then um, by the time we were married I'm like we were just kids it was, it was, a, it was a big deal it wasn't yeah. so much with my family because um, it wasn't I didn't grow up in a Christian family and, and um, although we were my parents were together and it was a loving home we didn't hold some of those same um, moral values you know no sex before marriage and things that so it, it didn't, right, right. I didn't hold it as tightly as John did, and yet then being in this extremely conservative church, it became it became a, pastor's kid, right? Pastor's kid. Yeah, you got a pastor, pastor's son, and and then it, it kind of sent a little bit of shockwave yeah, through the whole church community. And you know, John stepped off of um, because he was in uh, junior high ministry and leadership, and so he stepped off. And we had a, yeah. an, an elder board of the church assigned to us to handle it appropriately in a biblical way for. Um, for um, restoration and and we did that but it yep. wasn't without its challenges there was um it was hard it was a time where you know john's plan was uh i had just started i was going to orange coast college junior college and john was looking to, Biola. to go to college and um believe it or not our first thought was as a young people thinking i know let's just we've got too much going on let's give the baby up for adoption 
So that was our original plan. Yeah. And then we grew up for adoption. We're young yeah. and then we'll move on with our lives. But as the months continued, um, we started distancing. And um, I think I really felt, not to throw him under the bus, but really felt him pulling away from me. Mm. And, um, and I had such strong support with my family and they were totally against an adoption option. Um, that they yeah. would help support yeah. me. And so it finally came to that where I said, you know, I'm, it's time we go our different ways and I'm going to, you go yours, you go, yeah. I'll go mine and I'm keeping the baby. And that was kind of the plan for a few months. Um, but then shortly before our oldest, Jacqueline is her name, before she was born, the, our board that was overseeing us um, called a meeting. And it was my parents and myself, John and his parents, and then um, at the time it was David Hawking was our overseeing it, and then two other elders of the church. And so it was a pretty rough night. We all got together and we talked it through, and it didn't end really well. But um, when John, when we all went home, it was still, I'm like, I'm preparing to be a single mom. It was pretty raw. It was pretty raw. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm going to hit the pause for just a second because we are going to get to our topic at hand, listeners. You're out there. We're going to yeah. be talking about multi-generational living with families. But however, what I'm hearing is I'm just hearing God's hand of, of restoration and redeem, redemption through this entire story that you all start off as two single people getting pregnant, going through the proper uh, protocols with the church, conservative church to walk through this. And you're sitting there going, what does this have to do with where we're going? So, so I'm not, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, yeah, but we're yeah. going to get to the good stuff in just a <laughs> while because this is important stuff. This yeah. is, this is amazing part of how God's hand is on top of you guys well, this entire time. It's interesting Didn't though, because it was a, another time in my life where again, I said yes to going to church and I have no idea why that was not my lane with at that time at right. all. Right. I loved a good party. And then Here's another time when I was totally ready to be a single mom and ready to rock this. And when John called me that night after the meeting, everybody went their ways. And he called me and said, out of obedience, we need to get married. And my answer was, I know. And it's like, how's, I, that, how's that for a proposal? <laughs> hey, we need to get married. And her answer is that, yes, it's, I know. Yeah. And, and it was like, but, but you're right. Along the way, um, during that season where John was out of my life and I did have my very good friend, Gina, and there was another one who I, to this day, would love to know where he is, was Gil Hess. Those two oh. came alongside me um, in such a supportive way that, as well as the church, when I finally came back to church, and of course that was shocking because I came back very pregnant, um, but I felt supported and um, I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, but um, yeah, there are these this working that was going on behind the scenes where um, without John's influence, I got to build my own relationship with the Lord during those mm -hmm. months with him out of the picture. And so mm -hmm. I think that's what um, led me to the I know response was I knew that obedience to the Lord was important. And um, um, yeah, so that's where how our yeah. journey together started and then six months old six months later i believe we got married because we wanted to not because we had to yeah. and right. you guys have been married how many years 37 yeah. <clears throat> 37 they're, they're two ahead of us yeah we just did 35 back in april 38 in may yeah 38 wow. in may nice and we really believe we would last our families my family friends are like i'll give it a year <laughs> um, but i do believe it goes back to um it all goes back to the call to obedience yeah. amen mm. 
Amen. So, okay, so you're married, you've got your first child, um, and, and, and then are you living in Orange County? How, you guys made your way up to Northern California in the Bay Area. So yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, give, give us the broad breaststroke. I mean, you raised your kids in Orange County, then yeah. what happened? So, we, what so happened? We, we had our kids. We lived in um, Santa Ana for a little bit, then we moved to Orange. And um, we were at Calvary Church Santa Ana for a while. We had four kids. Um, uh, our youngest was three when we moved um, but we were we had moved from Calvary Santa and went to another church and uh, South Coast Community Church in Irvine mm-hmm. and uh, I was involved in ministry there and teaching and learning and growing and stuff like that and then we got um, an opportunity to take a position as a college pastor at a, at a pretty vibrant church up in the Bay Area in the South Bay in San Jose area called South Hills Community Church mm-hmm. and I came up here we moved up here in 1996, and I became okay. a college pastor and served at that church for eight years as a college pastor, and then 10 years as a teaching pastor at another church. And then all that time, from 96 on, I've been doing um, sports ministry where I work as a chaplain yeah. in the NFL, Major League Soccer, and now in Major League Baseball. And we've raised yeah. our family, our kids. Um, we have four kids, three daughters, and a son in that order, and... Uh, they all live here in the Bay Area, and um, some of them live on the property with us. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's where we wanted to get to because that's where we go. That's where we want to go, um, and then I'll tell you. Yeah, so tell us tell us how. I mean, have you always had this dream or desire to say, "Hey, let's all live on the same property"? I mean, how how did that where where did that come along? And was that something you always had a dream and desire to do? Did it just kind of happen yeah. on its own? And then you bring your parents, John, into it. I mean, tell us how that how that got going. You know, it's funny. I, I think um, uh, as a dad of daughters, I always think, oh man, some some dude's gonna come along and yeah. it's all over. You know, he's gonna take her away. Yeah. And daughters yeah. tend to daughters tend to live closer to their parents than sons do. Sons usually live. Closer <laughs> to the, it's just kind of a thing, right? And, um, and we have three boys on the West Coast and one daughter two miles away from us. Well, see, I'm very, <laughs> we uh, balance the world, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so when you think about it, uh, I always, I always would say this: you're like you get what you incentivize. So I'm like, man, if I could just, if if we become grandparents one day, we just need to make it super available. We want them to, you know, the kids to have accessibility to us, and and you know, we're cheap and. Free free and babysitting great and we're trusted and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, a couple things happened, you know, we lived in San Jose and we were living in a, in a, you know, pretty nice area, but pretty large home that, you know, six bedrooms that we had been renting and it was just a great place. Right. And a couple, two things happened that caused us to pause. Um, my father was dealing with spinal stenosis where mm-hmm. he had back issues, and he and my mom lived in San Diego. Way down Chula Vista. Chula Vista area, and, and uh, he was struggling with back pain and had a hard time, and it just got worse and worse, and he needed surgery and some other things. And just for him to go up and down the stairs to his bedroom yeah. Uh, yeah. was complicated. So we had that issue going on. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my son, who lived nearby, uh, he and his wife had their first child, and what was she, a year in? Eight months. Eight months in, and uh, Azariah, she's one of our granddaughters, um, she got what they call infant botulism. And botulism is like a, comes from a spore from the ground that actually uh-huh. uh, you can ingest, and then it, it paralyzes the nerve platelets. It kills the nerve platelets oh in the body, and then it actually 
it causes paralysis, but systematically, wow. like you you begin to lose balance and you can't swallow and you can't eliminate, you know, all the things oh. that until eventually shuts everything down. And so, yeah. And then until people don't die, but they do need to be um, on intubated until the mm -hmm. nerve regeneration. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty serious. So we had those wow. two things that happened. So when that happened, first and foremost, we said to Sam and Natalie, our daughter and son and daughter-in-law, we said, why don't you guys move in with us? Um, we've got plenty of space, we've got room, and we'd like mm -hmm. just, you know, as you settle, because we figured we were going to be on a long haul journey with them. And we had this house right. with six bedrooms. We're like, okay, we've got room. We're mm -hmm. always, from our ministry up here, we were always taking people in. Yep. So yep. we knew how to take people in. Hospitality yep. and it's really a gift that Sri has. And so we're always taking people in. And then my parents were going through this. And we're like, shoot. Um, Sheree had lost her parents. Um, how long has it been now? It was 2012 and 2015. And but she, I had been traveling uh, down to Southern California often. And she was taking yeah. care of her parents and so really, really minding and caring for them. And so she threw this idea out, which is a testament to her um, relationship with my parents and also her fortitude to care for. She, I mm -hmm. think she discovered a superpower she had, which is caring for... <laughs> Caring for people um, in that are that are children, yeah. babies, infants, yeah. and then caring for people that are struggling in their health. Yeah, and yeah. she she had done such a great job with her parents and helping them in transition um, in the in the senior season of their life. And so she throws it out. She says, "I I think your parents ought to move in with us." And I'm like, "And your reaction was?" Well, I <laughs> I, I have a great relationship with my parents. So I'm like, yeah. you know, it's one of those. Are you sure? You know, um, <laughs> and we went back and forth and it was really, there was zero manipulation on my part. And it's easy mm -hmm. for you to be like, come on, babe, this will be the right thing. Blah, blah, blah. This was all generated yeah. and motivated by Sheree's, the, the, the compassion that she has yeah. wow. me with somebody. I don't, I, that's not something anybody that a lot of people can do. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's where it came from. Yeah. Well, That's we were, awesome. we, part of the other piece to this is that we were at a place where um, we'd never purchased a home. And we knew that just even with financially the right thing to do right now for us, an investment would be to purchase a home. And so we started looking and all this kind of converged at the same time. We had started to look for a house. His dad's health and his mom, they're, they're struggling, you know, just physically up and down stairs. And so that's and then our children were thinking, wow. As we look, why don't we see who would be in, on board with wanting to um, co-live together? And that's what got us down the road. And, and everybody wanted to. Everybody wanted to. Um, his parents, you know, it was hard. You know, they're losing a lot of independence and a lot of right. um, things that go with it for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Married 50 plus years. but um, Yeah, 60 years less two days ago. Yeah, two days ago they celebrated wow. 65. But, so, yeah. but that's what kind of started it. There were these these three pieces that I saw between we had started looking for a house, his parents' health, and then um, Azariah's health, where we thought we saw the benefit of drawing together to support one another. And yeah. um, we're, we were totally on board with that and exploring what it would look like with everybody yeah. saying, do you think we could do this? 
Yeah, so we started looking for houses with the idea of, okay. So let me, let's pause for a second. Let me, yeah. I'm tracking with you. So, so Sam and his wife and little, as, uh, how do you say Azariah. her name? Azariah. Azariah. They, they come and join you in, in your home, and so do your, your mom and dad. And then, uh, Sam and Janice hadn't joined us yet. Until we bought them. Okay. We were looking for a house. So, oh, okay, I'm sorry. So you're looking for a house, and now you're going to, okay, gotcha. Now we're, now we're going to, when they agreed, we're going to purchase a home with them in mind. Like, how are was we it hard for Was it hard for Sam and Janice to, um, to accept that? offered or were they I mean did they like yeah that makes the right sense and I mean yeah no it's a good question my, my dad was completely motivated and um, was ready to do that right away and my mom just as as any person would do had more questions and wanted to make sure and you know yeah. and when you move from one place to another even if it's the best case scenario there's still yeah. all the pieces of moving and you're wondering what it's going to look like doctor all that stuff you know so yeah so yeah. she had some she had some insecurities and fears yeah. related to it, and we had looked at houses to where there were sometimes we're driving on these little crooked roads, and and even Cherie's answering for my mom like, nope, it's <laughs> 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 terrible. We're not buying this home. So we I'll tell you we looked and looked, and every time we looked at a new house, made an offer, it fell through, somebody bought it before us or whatever else. We just got smarter every time, and we got clearer on the vision that we were going to do this together, and we're going to find something that works for all of us. Right. The original plan was we were going to purchase a property that had enough land to build them an ADU. They would build an ADU and have their own separate um, residence. And then um, we could all co-live with our children if we needed to, but they would have, but Sam and Janice would have their own unit. Same property, separate kind of housing structure. Right. But the more, so ADU, additional dwelling unit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as we continued, Janice discovered, she's like, you know what? I, I'm not really that interested in having my own kitchen anymore. I don't cook that much. I don't feel like I need to stock. And so everybody learned pieces that we could narrow it down to. What can we do to where the, um, and what are we willing to do to the property that we found? Um, and it, I'm backing up. I feel like it was a lot, uh, like thread and a needle. It was, a, it was not easy to come by because. Right. And at know, this time you're looking for a space for you guys one son, your parents, any other kids, or all of them on board at this point? You're looking for a, a, a space for could, everybody? If we could have found a property and accommodated everybody, yes. Yeah, the first okay. property we found had seven dwelling spaces on it. Remember that one? Wow. Wow. And, and, and <laughs> they were kind of still janky, though. They it weren't. Was, it was kind of a hodgepodge there were two barns, there, you know, trailers. <laughs> A oh, a dwelling house. unit. A barn is a dwelling unit. I got yeah, it. So like, I'm not sure how how livable they were, but they were. Any well, people were living in people them. People were living in them. But um, interesting. But again, we learned along the way, and um, but opened our eyes to different. Totally options. opened our eyes, and um, we started out in Santa Clara County, and it's Silicon Valley, and it was super expensive, and our budget was only so much, and so yeah. we got priced out of that, but. Um, uh, but we're still nearby. We're in the Santa Cruz Mountains, um, which people what are... What a horrible place to be. Like, oh my gosh, the Santa Cruz Mountains. We're here <laughs> 10 minutes door to shore to Capitola Village. And yeah, you can see that. And yet we live in the, the forest. Ocean. So we got, got a peak of the ocean from my... It was, That's awesome. We love it. But... So, so I would say the, the, the big idea, we found a property that that um, was move-in ready. There's you know nuances and things you got to fix yeah. the way. and. It, yeah. had been, um, it had been vacant for over a year. There was a mudslide nearby, so it was really hard to get to. The week that it opened, 
was the week that we're like, hey, let's go look at this one. And we were able to get through on the road and, and went and saw it. And I immediately fell in love with that. I'm like, oh my gosh, we could do this. And, and our realtor who had been working with us was like, hey, this is a spot for your parents, spot for your kids, spot for cars, spot for all that, you know, it's got a pool, all these other things. And so we're like, you know, we quickly worked to make a play for it and moved in and, um, wow. and then started building this mindset of, of what does it mean to live together mm. yeah what does it mean to live on a property with sacred space and shared space sacred being right own and shared meaning where we um, gather collectively together yeah wow that's so i want to ask, ask you just the financial piece of all of this of buying in california yeah. near a beach ocean santa cruz mountains and that much property must have been taxing i'm imagining on some level but I'm wondering too how your kids do they participate in the funding of it all, or did yes. Sam and Janice, when they sold their house in San Diego, give some? You know, things like that. Great questions. Um, for, everybody participated. Yeah, yeah, we we we've been able to say everybody pays less than what they paid for before. We we everybody participated. Like when my parents passed away and sold their home, I had. Um, oh. some money to put towards a dam, yeah. and then Sam and Janice helped invest some, and then that, my portfolio. Uh, yeah, we that. all pulled together. Um, the kids didn't, but um, the properties in our name, John and ours, or the two of us, and then um, everybody participates monthly in the mortgage payment. Nice. We, just well call as, it, we just call it rent. Yeah. They, they rent from us. <laughs> well, and that's important because as we talk about in the Parent Pivot podcast, we don't want our kids to be slouches and come no. along and just mooch off a of mom and dad for the rest of their lives. That, you know, there is this boundary yeah. of even on the financial things, even though we're on the same property, hey, everybody participates. And that's what I'm hearing uh, I mean, that, we, that y'all are doing. John and I have uh, for years had um, a a belief or I don't know if you call them a value for each other to live generously. And some of that came from my parents. My dad was very poor growing up and, Mm. um, extremely extremely hardworking and worked and provided for us very well in a simple job. And yet the work ethic and the values, I think a lot of it with the family and the generosity were demonstrated on a huge scale in my life. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was never an empty seat at the table and mm. anybody who needed the shirt off his back got it. And that was demonstrated to That's us. Awesome. And I feel like we... We said that early on. We were going to be a generous family. Even yeah. if yeah. God would always provide the means um, yep. for anybody, whether it be a stranger or our own. And yeah. so, yeah. John calls it the lion share. It's kind of like we, we handle the lion share stuff, but it's not like this burden. We've... You know, we love our family meals together, and oftentimes I'm like, hey, I have extra. Why don't you all come down? And, and they do. And they do. Or, you know, <laughs> hey, Mom, we don't have any food for dinner. What are you making? I'm like, come on, you know. To be honest with you, it's it it's like Thanksgiving in a lot of people's homes. Uh, it's yeah. Here yeah. almost every night. Um, do yeah. you ever get exhausted from, like, I'm an introvert. So, you Julie know, needs her downtime. I we call, need my we call it cocooning. Like, even today, yeah. she was doing her um, uh, counseling sessions, and, she, and just before we turn on the mic, she's like, going, I am so exhausted. And, I, and she needs to go just be alone for the rest of the evening. Right. So, I'm trying to picture 
what that looks like. Like, do you ever just go, okay, you guys, I'm checked out, or we are checked out as a couple. Mm -hmm. We need, mom and dad need alone time. You know, what, how do you operate? That? Yeah, it's, 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 it's easy to communicate with the kids. When, when grandkids come along, <laughs> um, they don't understand. Introvert doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but we, each of us, and this goes back to sacred and shared space. And so when we say there's sacred space, like we're in my parents' sacred space right now because um, my dad's heading up to a class reunion um, up in oh, northern, okay. northern California be, beyond us. And, and so... In and our, our space. And our grandkids are in the other our space. Our daughter with our, our new two-week-old two grandson is in the other space with two of our granddaughters. So... Yeah. We're, uh, so we're like, we're going to be in here and we don't want to hear anything from you. Yeah. So we, yeah. we snuck over here. So they have their own section that they can close the door mm -hmm. and have uh -huh. their own time. And if they need, if somebody comes in and it's, it's, sometimes it's just the cutest thing to watch a little kid walk past us to go hang out with their, their great grandparents. Their great -grandparents. Oh. And my parents are always just loving and love that about it. But they can close the door and they have their own space. Yeah. Sri and I have our own suite up, uh, you know, above the house uh, in the second floor and we can go retreat to our own space, and Sam and Allie have their own space, and our garage has a, another big, large bonus room, which is another space. So we've got, we have two houses and four living spaces that okay. create sacred space. And so when, and then we have 14 acres. So if you need alone time, yeah. I got a little, we have little hiking trails. You can go <laughs> find, I got all kinds of stuff. You, you know, you can get lost here in our. Well, and if I remember correctly, I've seen some photos uh, on LinkedIn. Y'all, do you not all have a vineyard and, and some a, Airbnb, yeah, and Airbnb spaces that you're renting out as well? Yeah. So, we, so we, we put in, was, we're going to put in more vineyard um, stuff. We put in a demo vineyard just to see how um, the grapes grow in this area, in this terroir. And um, Chardonnay and Pinot grow really well here. So we're, we're looking to put in a larger vineyard. But we put in a demo vineyard just to see if it works, and it does. So, And then we have an Airbnb. I, I took a little about a quarter acre um, down at the lower part of our property. And um, we built a glamping site with three oh, nice. Airbnbs. Oh, nice. And it's away from that. It's close enough to where you just go down and greet people, and then you can't, you know, you're distance and disconnected from them. They have, and uh, but it's a separate little deal. I want to go back to something you said, though, Steve. You you'd mentioned um, uh, your kids getting this idea that you know, helping them transition. And and I think as a, you know, as a dad and as like the like the primary like provider financially mm -hmm. of what we do and structurally as far as what happens you know with the thing and then for Shri what she you know what she runs on the interior and sets the pace we we believe that our role in this is to create what we call a safety net um you know we've had kids that have come back from a situation or broken up with a you know a, a boyfriend or moved back from you know Tennessee or wherever and didn't have a place to go, and, right. we're, and so we're we're you know we're always going to help our kids, yeah, because mm -hmm. the safety net exists. And, yes, um, but you have a term for that. Yeah, I, I call it a safety net, and I say, and I always say it's a safety net, not a hammock. I heard, yeah, we had a conversation a week or so ago when we were chatting about getting the interview. I love that because yes, that's that's a boundary. It's like, hey, we're here as a safety net, but you know, you're not, we're not. You can't just take advantage of us for the rest of your life. Right. You hang out here. Well, I remember the one yeah. time when my daughter was working for Starbucks, and uh, and Starbucks offers they got great benefits, right? And so she, they offer full health care benefits, 
for for her, and they were going to take like four four eighty five out of every paycheck. Four dollars and eighty five cents. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, and so I'm like, that, yeah, that was, was for a four hundred one k. That was for the investment. Whatever, whatever, whatever that, was, the, it was whatever it was, it was, this, it was this tiny amount, like ten bucks a month, maybe. And, yeah. and I'm like, she's like, I don't want that. I'm like, so if you're dying because of something, you want to put that on me, just so you. Know, <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not going to die. I'm young. You know, you have that conversation, and you have to. Uh, it's partly right sizing their understanding of the financial wherewithal. And adulting at a different level, like this is what it means to to, to be and to function in these um, as an adult in these particular areas. And so, no one lives here for free. Um, there's responsibilities and things that you know you you've got to you've got to play a, a part in financially and otherwise. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, that's just part of being honest. With you. If somebody's if somebody's here and they think they're living here for free. Yeah, I mean, people, people, people rent our Airbnb. They don't live here for free. Yeah, so. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I love that. that. I love that. I'm going to hit the pause button here because I want to uh, I want to ask you guys to come back and be with us on a second part, part two. So just hang with us real quickly. We're going to give some information to our podcast listeners and saying, hey, um, if you want some more information about the Parent Pivot podcast, you can reach us in a couple of different ways. Um, one is to is to email us at theparentpivotpodcast at gmail.com. We've got Facebook. Go to the Parent Pivot Podcast. This, that's hard to say that really fast. Yes. Three times. Uh, on Facebook and like and share us. And um, we're talking about multi-generational family living with John and Shree Talbert. And I'm going to open the next podcast with a little bit of a surprise that they don't know about, you and I know about. Uh, I do? Yes. <laughs> Yes, you do, um, and things. Um, but I want to. I want to just be able to close this particular podcast and say, hey, if you've got any questions about this, anything you've heard John and Cherie talk about, send us an email. Put it in the subject line. If we don't have the answer, we're going to contact them because uh, they've been doing it longer. And um, anything else you want to add to close off this podcast? I just want to allow John to give himself a shameless plug. Yeah, for, we, we want a yeah. shameless plug from John because he works for a great organization that does some awesome things. It's called Forte. John, you. You're on, buddy. Yeah, Forte is a, a wellness platform uh, that you would consider uh, at a company in your benefits package that provides uh, on-demand wellness, soul care, um, uh, conversations conversations and connections. Uh, connections and content, I should say, uh, for every employee from the president and CEO all the way down to the next hire, even in education, mm-hmm. from yeah. at school to the bus driver. Where everybody can unpack um, what's going on in real time and process uh, life, and we're finding soul care to be uh, a new benefit that allows people to process anxiety, stress, burnout, and uh, brings your people at work from um, struggle to thriving. And that's and if somebody's interested, they just go to forte.com. You go to get forte f o r t e get forte.com. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So. I've got a child that would. We do. We, we there's gonna be a lot of connections that. here. Yeah, like one of our kids would be really good at what you're talking yeah. about. All right, we're gonna say goodbye on this podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week and talking to these two again. So thanks for joining us on the Parent Pivot Podcast. Bye.